0: Section Forty Eight of Ninety Three by Victor Hugo, translated by Aline Delano. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part Three, Book Two, Chapter Thirteen. What the Marquis is doing. While all these preparations for the attack were going on outside, they were also making ready for resistance inside the tower. A tower may be entered by a mine, as a cask is bored by an auger; hence, a tower is sometimes called a douve and it was the fate of the Turgh to have its walls pierced by a bunghole. The powerful boring of two or three hundredweight of powder had driven a hole through the mighty wall from one side to the other. Beginning at the foot of the tower, it had made a breach in the thickest part of the wall, in a sort of shapeless arch in the lower story of the fortress, and in order to make this hole more practicable for assault from without, the besiegers had enlarged it by cannon shot. The ground floor where this breach had penetrated was a large, empty hall of a circular form, with a pillar in the center, supporting the keystone of the vaulted ceiling. The hall, which was the largest in the keep, was no less than forty feet in diameter. Each story of the tower had a similar room, only on a smaller scale, with guards to the embrasures of the loopholes. The hall on the ground floor had neither embrasures, ventilators, nor dormer windows. There was about as much air and light in it as in a tomb. The door of the oubliettes, the greater part of which was iron, was in the lower hall. Another door opened on a staircase leading to the upper rooms. All the staircases were built in the wall itself. It was to the lower hall that the besiegers had gained access by the breach they had made, but even after gaining possession of it, the tower would still remain to be taken. One could scarcely breathe in this lower hall, and formerly no one could remain in it twenty-four hours without suffocating, but now, thanks to the breach, one could exist there. For this reason the besieged had not closed the breach, Besides, what purpose would it have served? The guns would have reopened it. They had fastened an iron torch holder into the wall, wherein they set a torch, and that lighted the lower floor. But how were they to defend themselves? To stop up the hole would have been easy enough, but useless. A reti would be more effective. A reti is an entrenchment with a retreating angle, a kind of barricade composed of rafters, by means of which the fire may be concentrated on the assailants, and which, while leaving the breach open from without, closes it from within. There was no lack of materials, and they proceeded to construct a barricade of this description with clefts for the passage of gun barrels. The corner of the retirade was supported by the middle pillar, the two wings touching the walls on either side. Having completed this, they placed fugades in safe places. The Marquis directed everything, inspirer, commander, guide, and master, a terrible spirit. Landenach was one of those soldiers of the 18th century who saved cities at the age of 80. He resembled the Count d'Alberg, who, when almost a centenarian, drove the King of Poland from Riga. Courage, friends, he said. In 1713, at the beginning of this century, Charles XII shot up in a house at Bender with 300 Swedes held his own against 20,000 Turks. They barricaded the two lower stories, fortified the chambers, converted the alcoves into battlements, supported the doors with beams driven in by a mallet, thus forming buttresses. But the spiral staircase connecting the different stories they were obliged to leave free, since if they blockaded it against the besieger, their own passage would be obstructed. Thus a fortification always has its weak point. The Marquis, indefatigable, vigorous as a young man, set example for the others by putting his own hands to the work, raising beams and carrying stones. He gave his orders, helped, fraternized, and laughed with this savage band, yet always remaining their lord and master, haughty even while familiar, elegant although fierce. He allowed no one to contradict him. Once he said, If half of you were to revolt, I would have you shot by the other half and still defend the place with the rest. This is the sort of thing for which men worship a commander. End of section 48